you know, and they'll say, well, you should be doing it for free because all you have to do is get up there and talk. And I'm like, and this happens all the time. You know, why don't you do it for free? It's a charity. And I'm like, you're serving food? Yes. Is the chef getting paid? Of course. Are the servers getting paid? Yes. Did the farmer get paid? Yes. The guy who's going to mop the floor afterwards getting paid? Yes. The electricity, the electric company's getting paid? Yes. So, But I'm the reason people are coming and I'm the one who's supposed to work for free? This is Amigos PC. If you are looking for a highbrow, fancy, smart, regal podcast with hosts that love to talk about horse riding, badminton, and trips to the vineyard, you're in the wrong place. This is Amigos PC. If you're looking for drinking, random nonsense, stunts, shenanigans, and balls-out craziness, you've hit the jackpot. This is Amigos PC, and this is Scott and Mark. We are live. Amigos PC, uh, we have our special guest, Sean Eli, New York comedian, corporate comedian. If you could just give us a little background of you know how you got to be a comedian, what your interest in comedian is, and, and just tell us a little bit about yourself, Sean. All right. Well, I describe my job as standing on a box talking to a stick. That's pretty much what a comedian does. I, I think I have the greatest job in the, in the world, I, <clears throat> except when I can't talk. <laughs> I'm not on stage. I have the greatest job in the world. I make people laugh, and I get paid for it. And I started because somebody talked me into taking a comedy class. I said, I don't want to perform. And she said, just take the class. Took the class, started performing, and a few years later said goodbye to the day job. And now this is what I do. Wow. What line of work were you in before you decided to go full-time as a comedian? I was a banker, which I described my job as shouting numbers into a phone. <laughs> little, little more sophisticated than that, but I think that's a reasonable description of it. Yeah, I mean, we have a similar background. We we have been in the mortgage business for uh, quite a while. Yeah, many moves. I guess we can relate on that. So when you, you decided to make the leap, you, you went through this this class what was the class like and like what what stood out that you were like all right i'm definitely i'm leaving I'm going in full time well well i think a lot of clubs and a lot of places offer comedy classes and they're all pretty similar it's you come in you try to write some jokes the class critiques you the instructor gives you some pointers talks to you about how to write how to construct a joke how to tell a joke you do that a few times and then you have a graduation show, which is basically in a comedy club in front of friends and family of the people in the class. And then you go from there. And seem, you know, nobody starts out as a good writer and a good performer. Some people start out good at neither one. I started out as a good writer, knowing my jokes were good because I've been writing comedy for a long time, but knowing that my performance would be terrible. So I just mainly worked on getting better at telling jokes. Okay. That's awesome. What what made you get into it? I don't know if you touched on that at all. Like, I know you said uh, you like woman, tech oh, class. Oh, oh. She was hot. Oh, <laughs> nice. She thought, ah, that she'd actually sense. taken the she'd actually taken the class, so she knew what she was talking about. Nice. So it might have been a, a fellow uh, person yelling on the phone, uh, banker maybe that you worked with that was taking the class, and then you 
joined? No. No? No, it was actually somebody I was on a first date with. Oh, wow. It was a weird story because we went on a first date. We, she talked to me about the class. I said, you know, I don't know whether I'm interested in performing. She said, just come see my class perform. And they were funnier than I thought they'd be. And then she went away for two weeks. And I started dating somebody else. <laughs> nice. But we kept in we kept in touch, and so I ended up taking the class. And the woman I was dating was my girlfriend for I don't know six or eight months at the time when I started out in comedy. So some of my jokes are about her. <laughs> Even 18 years later, I still think they're funny and they seem to work. That's awesome. What led you to uh, corporate comedy? Re you know, I read your bio and things like that, and, and it seems like, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Money. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. Uh, well, you know, when I took, when I, I don't only do corporate shows. I probably do more theater and comedy club shows than corporate shows. But, you, you know, you got to market yourself somehow. When I took the class, one of the things the instructor said is, if you can be a clean comedian, be a clean because there's so much more money and so many more places you can work at if you're not dirty. And my mind doesn't tend to run towards writing dirty jokes. I would say 85% of comics couldn't do 45 minutes clean. And it's too bad because if you're not a clean comic, pretty much the only place you're gonna work is comedy clubs. Wow. And comedy clubs, comedians are, until you're famous, or for most people, because you're not gonna get famous, <laughs> you're a commodity. You're, you doesn't matter which comedian they book. The comedy club is the star. Mostly people go to the club because they know that the club puts on good shows and they've never heard of any of the comedians. But if you can work clean, you can do charity fundraising shows, you can show the house of worship, you can do corporate events, and there's a lot more money in it. So that's the reason I'm focusing on that as much as I can. Of course, now I'm not doing anything except shows on Zoom and occasional, occasional outdoor show, but that's going to change. So with COVID and you just mentioned the shows on Zoom, like what is your feedback from what we've experienced in, in um, interviewing some other comedians? They, some of them just Wait, there are other comedians, right? <laughs> if any. <laughs> yeah. Um, some of them despise it and some of them embraced it. What, what, what is your take on how they're doing these Zoom shows and uh, just all this internet-based comedy uh, and paying in to get that stuff? I'm a realist, you know, it's not the best show. It's for a lot of reasons, but it's all you got. So I, I, I've talked to a few colleagues who just said, no, stupid, I don't want to do Zoom shows. My job is I'm a live entertainer. I do shows in front of people that I can see and, and we're in the same room. And the whole idea of doing shows on Zoom is stupid, but it's a luxury most comedians, first of all, can't afford. Because for two reasons. One is we've got to do something to get paid for or even just keeping our skills up is the other reason. You got to get in front of an audience and keep it practice. Or be if you're a guitarist, you can play at home and nobody has to hear you. As a comedian, you need an audience. Right. That or being able to afford the internet is also a plus. Yeah. For, <laughs> right. for, well, some, for yeah. some of those struggling comics. Well, here's the thing. It took a while. It took, I can't speak for every comedian, but it took at least some of the people I know several months to get used to it as a different medium because there's a, let's say a one second delay. So you tell, we're used to telling a joke and within a second, boom, people are laughing. Mm. Occasionally we got to pause longer because the joke is a little more subtle and they got to figure it out. But typically what happens is 
there's like a seed laugher. Somebody, in a joke that isn't immediately obvious, somebody starts laughing and that gets everybody else to figure out the joke and then the laughter spreads. And the problem with doing that on Zoom is you tell a joke, it's a second before the person hears the joke. And if it's another second before they laugh, that's two seconds, but their laughter isn't heard by everybody else for another second, that's three seconds. If it takes those people another second to laugh, that's four seconds before the rest of the audience hears it, hears everybody, or before you hear everybody else laughing, it's five seconds. That's a long time yeah. to wait for a laugh. So what a lot of comics did at the beginning is that essentially they what we call stepping under laughter. They tell a joke and by the time people started laughing, they, the comedian already thought nobody's laughing, I gotta continue. And they start talking as people start laughing and that's bad. So it, yeah. it's really, really hard to shut the hell up every single punchline and wait the few seconds for laughter. But that's what you have to do. So it took some figuring out. Yeah, it's a, it's a whole timing thing, I imagine, that's now changed versus being in a live situation where you get the audience, you're feeling the crowd, and now it's like what you're saying is basically you're you're waiting to for the response, and then you can kind of move on kind of thing. That kind of yeah. stinks, I'd imagine, but at least, at least it's something until we're better, more better. Well, think of it this way. If you're a boxer and you throw a punch... You're connecting with the guy's face immediately. You're not hitting him, and then you got to wait three seconds, and he's like, "So, yeah, you know, we're used to immediate feedback in everything we do, and stand-up comedy on Zoom, you're not getting it. It's weird. Yeah, right. Very true. It, it like you're also not a fan of it. <laughs> you, need it. <laughs> you need it. You need it, but I don't think anybody likes it. Yeah, I think we accept it or we don't accept. It. Yep. Yeah. That is totally, true, yeah. totally agree. You got to the, the nature of the beast kind of thing. You, you got to do what you got to do. Right? It's available. That's, yeah, it stinks. <laughs> so during the, so where, where are you located at? Are you, are you in New York? No, not New York. I'm in New York. You are in New York. Yeah, I'm okay. in New York. So how, yeah. hence my face, my face is shiny because it's finally sunny here. <laughs> and I went out a little early and put sunscreen on. And I've got to deal with this to knock some of the shine off me. Because Very my, nice. You know, my usual makeup person has not been around. <laughs> <laughs> They're stuck indoors for COVID reasons. So how during... is COVID work now? Yeah, yeah. What's, how's, how's things there? Comedy clubs in New York are supposed to open, I think it's April 3rd. Oh, nice. And there are some people doing shows in Connecticut, which is at a very small percentage of capacity. It's, it's interesting because the mayor of New York City and the governor of New York State hate each other. Yeah. And they've hated each other for years. I mean, even before Cuomo's scandals, they hated each other. And Cuomo is engulfed in scandals and wants to change the subject. So he wants to open more things. And the mayor of New York City is like, cases are going up. Why are you opening? Things are getting worse, not better. So I don't know what's going to change. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're in a where COVID really doesn't exist. We have like temporary guidelines, I guess you could call them, beyond like a mask mandate by a city mayor or something like that. We we really didn't shut down. They imposed the COVID sanctions or whatever and then made essentially everyone essential. So it was just business as usual the next day after they imposed something. 
Well, you're in a warm climate, so you're probably in a way better off because people can be outside. You can open windows most of the year.、Mm. But in New York, it's cold half the year, so people are indoors. That that makes it worse. Right. Yeah. And all the elevators. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. Really, that's a problem.、Yeah. You've got you've got big cities, and a lot of people who could afford to move out of New York City, at least for half, were in apartments. Got out and went to their summer houses, even in the winter time or whatever, just so they're not riding elevators and hallways and people refusing. I have a friend who lives in Brooklyn, in the part of Brooklyn she lives in, in an apartment. She can't even get the, the employees in the building to wear their masks, and management doesn't care. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So here they just they just lifted the mandate for the mask this week. Like I went to the gym and they were like, "Oh, you don't have to wear it anymore." I'm like, "Oh, oh, okay." And then. So、uh, apparently it's it's like like Mark saying it seems like it's they're making it's better. So I don't I don't know. Well, I, I hope it doesn't cause more spread. It's true. True. Especially in a place like a gym where everybody's breathing heavily. Right. For the、Very、wrong、true. reason. Yeah, not the, not yeah. the good reason. <laughs> right.、Yeah. Well, depending on what kind of gym you go.、To. Yeah. Oh yeah. We、oh. can't. Yeah. No. No. We can't. We gotta stop there. I can't say anything. <laughs> Wait, yeah. somebody's wife. Yeah, oh yeah, we have to edit that out, Mark. Mark, we have to edit that out. Yeah, no, we're, we're not going to edit. I'm just, no, I'm playing. We keep it. <laughs> so, do you have like a favorite club that you like to perform prior to COVID in New York, or is there a, a spot that you like to perform, preferably? There's a lot of places I like performing. You know, it's it, I like just being able to perform. It's great. Making people laugh for a living is a great job, but I will say, here's I perform in clubs and I also perform in theaters. And here's the difference: you show up at a club, and let me say, you show up at a theater, and there's a guy outside sometimes with a headset. He's like, the artists are here, and they open the door and they show you to a green room, which is like bigger than my living room, and they hand you menus and they say, let us know what you want to eat and let us know what time you want to be served. And you're like, wow, this is great. You, then the next night, you're in a comedy club, and you walk in, and they're like, stand over there in the corner of the bar. We'll tell you when it's your turn. Don't move and stay out of the way of the waitress. If she trips, we're gonna yell at you. But <laughs> yeah, either either one is a great job because that's not the important thing. The important thing、yeah. to focus on is I'm gonna be standing on the box talking to a stick. Right. Yeah. But I think my local my local theater, the Emlyn Theater in Marinette, New York, is a great place. Okay. The layout of the room is nice. Everybody's nice. They've got two dressing rooms backstage. My biggest complaint is that the sink is not in the bathroom; it's in the dressing room. <laughs> Because that means you can tell which of your colleagues has not washed their hands. Right. <laughs> I'd rather I'd rather、nice. not I'd rather not know. Is there any great history with that theater? Like maybe there's anybody that came up from there that maybe you know made it to the top kind of thing, or that you know of? Not that I know of. Some theaters is a tradition where people sign the wall backstage.、Hmm. The Emlyn doesn't have that, but I was at and some places I'm like, I signed the wall right under Richard Pryor. Oh wow! Like that's cool. Yeah. And then I, there was a there was a place. There's a place called the Sellersville Theater outside of Philadelphia, and they had the the green room backstage. It was was not a big room, and it had the walls were completely autographed by some amazing people. And the next time I was doing a show there, somebody had written something nasty on it, 
like F U Pennsylvania oh, yeah. or something like that. And I'm like, why would you write that? You're being paid to perform here. And the next week or next month, I went back and they completely repainted it. So they painted over all of the signatures they had to start over again, just because they wanted to drown out the nastiness. I'm like, why didn't you just paint over that part? Yeah. But all this, when you have enough people signing, all the signatures are entwined, and you can't really trace around the nastiness. So they just repainted it and started over. Oh wow, wow. that's crazy. Well, that's I'm not- sure it was a musician. I'm, I'm betting it was a musician, not a. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, maybe. <laughs> well, musicians have more to be angry about because they have to carry stuff. Yeah, that's true. You guys just walk up there and go. I mean, you know, I was on the rowing team in college, and we had to, we have to, rowers have to bring boats everywhere they want to go compete, and it's a big deal. You have to bring your own boat? Well, in college, you got to load the boats on a trailer, and then the college drives it. Mm-hmm. But when I graduated and started rowing a single stall, most of the time I put it on the roof of my car. And it's, it wasn't terrible, but it was annoying. And I always looked at like runners and swimmers and said, oh man, all they have to do is show up. They don't realize how great they have it. And now it's the other way around. It's like, I just have to show up and, and musicians have to carry stuff. Yeah, so much. They, they actually need roadies for so much well, if they, stuff. If, if they're big enough, they can afford roadies. That's true. Less right? problem. true. But if you're playing in a small club or a bar, you got to carry your stuff. Yeah. And... It's all on one of those PW buses. I was talking to a friend of mine. Was, I was talking to a friend of mine whose boyfriend's in a band. And I said, you know, it'd be a cool gimmick if you had two drummers, one on either side of the stage. And she just looked at me. She's like, we need another band. <laughs> and that was the end of the idea. It was a stupid idea, but the end, it was the end of the idea because they, I was on a radio show. I used to be a regular on a radio show. And one night they had a, a bass player. And I don't mean guitar bass, I mean upright bass, like the giant violin. And he's wheeling it down the hallway in a case. He's wheeling it down the hallway because he's going to play at the studio. And the hallway was so narrow, I literally had to duck into a doorway so he could get by me. And I'm like, oh man, he's got to bring that everywhere. Yeah, those are huge. Wow, Mark used to play the cello in high school, so he gets it. I did? Should have played. You Mark, sure you did. Have, you should have played the violin. Right? No, he wanted the big. He wanted the biggest piece of equipment to play the best notes. Right, exactly. <laughs> so best with, notes. Those are important. Yes, I know. Just the womp womp womp. <laughs> I don't even think that's the right. The right it sounds pretty close. That's what I would think. I I'm not. I'm not one into music for that. Or I just listen to it. So with you know gravitating towards corporate comedy and obviously you did that for the money how how did you break into that once you started your comedy career it's a lot of knocking on doors and meeting people and i worked in business for a long time so i had some contacts but you get some of the leads doing shows in theaters and i have a marketing background and one of the things i realized is you got to keep in touch with people so when I did shows, when I do shows in theaters, I have an email list. You can go to my website, brainchampagne.com. You can sign up for it. It's free. And I send out original comedy every month. And what I do at the theater shows is I say, if you sign up for my email list, one person will win two tickets to an upcoming show. And so I'm basically buying the right to get people's email addresses by having a lottery. And nice. that gets so every month. You know, thousands of people are getting my emails, so that's provided a base for people to say, "Oh, 
He keeps saying he does corporate shows. Maybe we should actually hire him for, wow. for a fundraising show for our synagogue or for that cancer charity. He'll do a show and we'll sell tickets. That is brilliant. That's, that is brilliant because you're not even knocking on doors, literally, because it's literally email knocking on doors. No, they're coming it's, to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah basically, because you're, you're, you're continually saying, hey, I do this, I do this, I do this through email, and then they come back to you like, hey, let's sign you up and and get you on with us. Yeah. That's awesome. Although not, not in the last year, but I expect Right. That. Yeah. It's well, good. people are people are starved for entertainment, so oh, once yeah. things open back up and I can, you know, travel again, there'll be a lot of work. Where where has been the, the best place you've been as far as traveling? Like like where you like to go that you've been well, and maybe return to? Well, I've done shows on five continents. Wow. And yeah. I would say the best country for me, I think, was Ireland. I think they appreciated me the most in Ireland. But also I had adventures I just before the pandemic in December of 2019. I toured Australia, New Zealand, and Thailand. And I spent a month, the month of, from Thanksgiving to New Year's, I was only home two nights. Wow. And... And so I was on the road all that. And it was it was a great trip. And I would love to. I, I wanted to be other places, but I didn't have enough time. So yeah. I'd like to travel throughout, you know, other places in Asia. Because it's not, I can only perform in English. But there are, aside from a lot of English-speaking countries, like in Thailand, enough people spoke English. And there were enough tourists that they could have a full-time comedy club in Bangkok. I, I just recently went to a comedy show that we purchased tickets for, for, I want to say... A uh, year ago, almost, and, and then finally, because everything's starting to open back up, he, he came rolling through Tom Segura, and he had made mention in one of his jokes that performing overseas is probably one of his favorite things to do. Do you think that the audience is mm, well versed more in comedy overseas, or or what are your thoughts on that? It really depends. I like traveling overseas. I, here's how I look at it: My dad was a taxi cab. And any trip I can make tax deductible by adding comedy shows to it, I'm going to do. <laughs> so, so there's that. But yeah, it's it depends. A friend of mine said he did a show in Sweden, and they, at this point they've had stand-up comedy for like 12 or 13 years in Sweden. It's a new art form. They just they just never had it before. Really? In Germany? Yeah, it's just not something they've had. Like jazz, jazz and stand-up comedy, I think. Or, well, actually, I should say jazz these days, unfortunately. There are three distinctly American art forms: jazz, stand-up comedy, and serial killing. <laughs> passionate. Yeah, which yeah, definitely serial serial killing for sure. That's got to be more passionate. <laughs> yeah, but the hunt, uh, so, the hunt, the hunt. But I don't think it. It's not that they don't understand stand-up comedy. It's that sensibilities are different, and sense of humor really varies depending on what country you're in. Like I, the first country I performed for. A, foreign to me and local to them audience other than the u.s was south africa and i figure western country they speak english shouldn't be a problem mm -hmm. and i don't have a, you know a lot of cultural references in my act where people would say oh i don't know what he's talking about i never saw the tv commercial or i don't know how baseball works i don't have any of that yeah but just the sense of humor was very different so that took some adapting but then other countries it worked just fine no problems at all it's like more dry, right? Is if they gravitate to something that's more off the cheek, maybe? Oh, yeah, that, that is a good question. Is it? What do you feel? It's more dry, or is it? 
what kind of comedy do you think they feel in the well, other countries? Or I guess it varies. Well, in South Africa, they were they're a very insular nationalistic country because, as somebody explained it to me, with the the boycotts that were happening under apartheid, they they became a very South Africa focused country, and with all the changes over the past 25 years, they've really been focusing on themselves. So most South African comedians, most of what they talk about is very specific to South African. And so, for me to talk about stuff that's you know yeah. jokes about whatever cell phones or jelly donuts or whatever <laughs> just didn't didn't appeal to them. It was just it wasn't that they thought, oh, that's a dumb joke. A lot of my stuff they just didn't see what the joke was. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. like I don't understand where there's a punchline in that jumble of words you just threw at us. Right. That's yeah, it makes sense. But I love traveling and I'm hoping to... The hard thing about the pandemic is it's not like I can... And it takes me, you know, close to a year to set up a tour because I want it far enough in advance that I can arrange things. And it shouldn't take that long, but, you know, most things I can do within a few months, but every once in a while somebody's like, we book a year in advance. And I'm like, oh, well then I don't want to lose those places, so I'll book a year in advance. Oh, wow. But I can't do that now because I don't know... Nobody knows what things are going to be like, even in a year. Who knows what travel is going to be like, how complicated it will be. Or that is what, true. Whether COVID, another variant of COVID is going to come back, or somebody's going to say, well, we know you had your vaccines, but you have to quarantine for two weeks every time you change countries. Oh. And I'm like, well, that's, so who knows? So I'm not going to plan anything until this whole mess is over. Wow. I membership to Six Flags here in California. Well, not here, but in California, and they're they're starting to open up more in California too. I think like they're like Disneyland and April. And, April, right? yeah, April yeah. 3rd is, yeah. is kind of the shoot date for those big play, amusement parks. And uh, Six Flags recently sent an email out to you know people that, that carry a membership, and they're like, "Hey, we want you to come back, but." You can only be a California resident. We don't want anybody else here. I mean, uh, we uh, don't want anybody else here, but they're like, you know, California residents only, essentially, is what they said. And it's like, wow, really? Like everybody, like you were saying earlier, we're starved for uh, entertainment. And, and that's one thing that I think me and the family have been talking about. Like, we need to go to an amusement park. We need, you know, some type of external entertainment to, to let loose for a little bit. Can you use that at... Can you use that at tech, like another Six Flags? Like you can go to Texas, yeah, maybe. Any of the main franchises. Saint I mean, it's not, it's not closer. But. Yeah. Well, you know what I don't understand was the the quarantining to say you came from somewhere else, therefore you have to stay home. Because it makes sense if you came from a place where there was a lot more COVID. Right. But the problem yeah. isn't because you came from somewhere else. It's not like, oh my God, I got New Jersey cooties. I can't spread them in New York. <laughs> You know, the problem is large gatherings and whether the large gathering is, you know, Californians at Six Flags or Arizonans at Six Flags is completely irrelevant. Yeah, right? it's true. Yeah, when I had I, last year, I went to I, I went to I had to go to Michigan, but a Michigan had a, a block. It was during like August they had a block that wouldn't let Arizonans to go there. So like directly, so I had to fly into Wisconsin and then drive because I didn't want to be quarantined for two weeks. So I drove from Wisconsin to Michigan for my large gathering wedding wedding that I went to. 
and then I flew back. But yes, I, I get it. Well, you, should, you shouldn't have done that either because <laughs> you shouldn't have had a damn large gathering wedding. But right. I guess that's... Which is weird, which is how they were able to do it in Michigan, but that's what happened. Well, wait a minute. Did the law say you couldn't come directly from Arizona right. or you couldn't come from Arizona? I don't know. Just Air, drove it, in from no, Wisconsin. So no, so, so I flew exactly. So I flew in from Arizona. They know now. They do now. <laughs> to there, and then went. Well, the phones tracked me anyway. So either way, I'm already on a list. I'm sure, but that's what took place. Well, as long as you didn't storm the Capitol, they're probably not Exactly. I'm safe. Well, he's on a list now because we we talked about it. it. Thanks, guys. Right. He's on the can't go to Michigan list. <laughs> Yes, it's a win. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, you, what if you need to get to Windsor, Ontario? Then you're screwed. Oh, right? that's true. Because yeah, I'm not going to go up through through Detroit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Who goes to Canada anyway? Yeah. Do you like Do you like Canada, Sean? Comedy um, Comedy clubs I, are awesome there. You know what I like in Canada? I used to, because I used to row, one of the big regattas every year was the Canadian Henley Regatta in St. Catharines. I love that, but I don't race anymore, so I haven't been there in a long time. It's been a long time since I've been there. You're so close. I know, you can throw a rock at it almost. Oh, I'm in southern New York State. I can't throw a rock that far. Oh, yeah, it is a lot. Yeah. Besides, if I'm going to throw rocks at other places, New Jersey's a big regatta. <laughs> and they deserve the rocks, for sure. Yeah, they need the rocks. They gotta, they gotta finish building their state. You gotta make it better. <laughs> they also have new. And they're not gonna throw them back. They're gonna throw their rocks at Pennsylvania. Oh uh, yep, <laughs> yep. So true. What else do I do? I need to to brag about or or tell you guys about? Well, when are you guys gonna get me booked at the Tempe Improv? Ooh, there we go. Yeah, that's oh. a good one. Yeah, we'll make that happen. We don't, right. we don't have any pool like that. We'll see what we can do. We do know someone that works We do there. know someone that works there. Oh, you know what you need to do is uh, buy the club. Buy the club? Uh, yeah, we'll do that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Fluffy owns uh, a majority ownership of it, so we'd have to get in cahoots with him. Gilbert is Fluffy the comedian? Yeah. Yep. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I, he... I also don't know him, so... Yeah. It, what? Yeah. How long ago was it? Four years ago? Five years ago? Yeah, he's the one that helped bring it back, like turn it around, or brought it back, yeah. because improv was, it was not doing as well, and then I think they got new owners, and then they eventually got the other clubs, there's three other clubs that are all under that same umbrella here, but hopefully they all, you know, stay afloat after all this. You hey, know? was the club that was on Bar Rescue, the comedy club on Bar Rescue, was that in Arizona, you know? Mm, I don't think no. so. I mean, the, the three main yeah. ones here were pretty strong. Yeah. We have one bar rescue, one where they were in Tempe, but it was really a, a shithole near the College of ASU. <laughs> was it? Uh, was, that's crazy. That is, that's close to the improv, though. That's where the improv is. It was. It was. It was off, not that you know, but it, Apache Boulevard in McClintock, which, so it's like less than a mile from where Tempe Improv was. Mm-hmm. Because the, the guy who does bar rescue, I don't know about his ability to rescue a bar, but he seemed to put a lot of faith in making the green room bigger and and a place people would want to hang out. 
and all the comedians are like, you don't make the green room bigger. You make the comedy club have as many seats as you can. If you make the green room bigger, that's fewer tickets you can sell. We don't want our friends. We don't want our friends to hang out with us in the green room. Yeah. We just want to get there, do the sh- hang out by ourselves, be left alone, do the show, and go home. Yeah, it's true. I, I would think that they would focus, you know, more seating within the venue versus making yeah. a larger green room. I mean, obviously, you want something comfortable in there, I would think, but it doesn't need to be spacious or anything like that. Just something where you can sit down and wait your turn or, or yeah, as long as it's not claustrophobic. And in a way, I don't want a big green room that encourages comedians to bring their friends because I don't want a bunch of strangers just having fun and being loud. When I'm trying to prepare to go on stage, I want to be left alone or hang out with people I know. And usually, there's only three or four comics in a show. You don't need a big room. No, very true. They could almost although side of the bar, <laughs> out of the way of the way. Yeah, oh, yeah. Although there was one theater I was doing a show at, and one, of, and this was a really nice theater in Connecticut where the, they had a big green room and then two small dressing rooms off the green room. And one of the comedians called me before the show, and she said. I need a green room. I need a room to myself. And I thought, she seems normal. I know her. What's this about? Like, why does she not want to hang out with us? And I said, why? And she, she sounded like she didn't want to tell me. And then she's like, I just had a baby and I need to pump. And I'm like, yeah, that's a good uh, reason. Yeah, <laughs> that is. That is. And then the next time I did a show with her a few months later in a different place, I said, by the way, they have two dressing rooms. You can have one to yourself. She's like, I don't need a dressing room for myself. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> I think she'd forgotten the thing we went through the previous time. That's awesome. That's hilarious. What, what, what kind of, what, what kind of thing do you, do you ever put anything in your, in a writer for yourself before you go into a show? Like, do you do anything crazy or, like, you know, things that they ask it's for? So every, every. Everything in a contract, whether you're a comedian or a musician or a juggler or a magician, every, everything in the contract that you think is stupid is there because something went wrong at a previous show and they're like, oh, we got to cover that contingency. So I don't have anything outrageous. I'd say you've got to serve us, you know, a reasonable meal. And I've started keeping track because I book shows with other colleagues of what other colleagues will or won't eat. Though. Mm-hmm. Who's a vegetarian? who can't have gluten. And most of them are like, I'll eat almost anything. And some are like, I don't want a big meal, just a salad. Somebody is like, oh, I don't like seafood or whatever, but most are reasonable. But there's a rider in my contract that says, the show will not be moved from indoors to outdoors without my express written consent, which I will not give you. (laughs) And because... I did a show a few years ago at a country club, and it's a country club a few miles from my house, and I said, let me drive there and see what the layout looks like. And it was going to be indoors. They didn't have stage lighting, so I had to tell them, you know, these lights, you want the lights over the stage on and the rest of the lights off. And I said, where's the light switches? And because I didn't want them flipping all the lights on and off to try to figure it out or screwing up and turning all the lights off or ruining, you know, something. So I literally took post-it notes and I put a green post-it note on the top of all the light switches to stay on. And I said, everything without a post-it note, turn off. <laughs> so we figured it out, right? And set the stage over here. I described everything. 
And then that afternoon, they said, we're moving the show outside. And I said, no, you're not. They're like, oh, yeah, it's a beautiful night. The members are going to want to be outside. I'm like, not for a comedy show. And I couldn't convince them to move the show indoors. And the show was on a balcony. So it was like tables, a long, skinny balcony, one table wide. So everybody was to one side or the other. There was nobody in front of us. And the, the speaker system was one speaker. So I either had to point it left or right. So what I did is I pointed the speaker one way and then performed facing the other way, shouting at those people and then those people could hear the speaker. I'm like, we did okay, but it was a really horrible idea. So that's why that ended up in my contract. But there's there's nothing in the contract that you would find ridiculous. There's no you know, crazy, like, just... like a box of Taco Bell tacos or something like that. Nothing crazy. Right no, you just, there. you know, <laughs> yeah. A reasonable meal is, I think, what I haven't described as. That's good. Yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. You kind of hinted there or, or made mention, it sounds like you, you also book other comics with your your gig. Yeah. So, like, the corporate gigs and religious entities that you, you perform for, so you have, like, openers that you use or, and things like that? Well, yeah, it's not necessarily that they open for me. Sometimes I put somebody better than me and I open for them. Oh, it depends on the budget, really. But not so much corporate. Corporate's going to usually just be me for a half hour. But okay. because it's complicated and people have been, you know, listening to lectures all day long or whatever. And corporate shows are sometimes hard because everybody just wants to go home. They're like, a, he may be funny, but I'm tired of this crap. I want to get out of here already. It's 9 o'clock at night and I've been here since 8 o'clock in the morning. But for shows that theaters or houses of worship or stuff like that there's, depending on the show there's usually three or four of us okay have you ever had an instance where like you're dealing with a corporate situation and they were like too uh, too HRE or like too like like difficult to work with maybe that's a better way to put it like was it hard to work with that company you don't have to say what it is you know, companies aren't so bad because you're dealing with somebody who they recognize generally they're hiring a professional. So the HR person knows, you know, the HR person is hiring an accountant, let's say. They know they're not an accountant. They may know how to hire accountant, but an accountant, but they don't know how to do accounting. Mm. So they recognize I'm the HR person, you're the accountant. So those are easy to deal with. Country club, same thing. The country club manager knows how to manage a country club. He doesn't know about comedy. He gener or she, but mostly he will defer to the expertise. Sometimes you got to argue about a few things, like the indoor outdoor thing. Right. But for the most part, they're like, okay, I trust your expertise. The hardest ones are the charities, because you're probably working with a volunteer. They're giving their time to the charity, so already they resent the fact that you're getting paid. <laughs> and they think and they yeah. think you're overcharging them because they're like, you're only performing for an you're only working for an hour. I have, you know, I don't make that much per hour. And you're like, yeah, but you're a lawyer. You can work an eight hour day. <laughs> the hour I'm working, which by the way, is more like five hours because of transportation, yeah. because of logistics, because I got to be there an hour early. And because I've spent, you know, five hours arguing with you guys on the phone, maybe it's 10 hours of work for the hour of performance. Mm. And that's not to mention all the people that will spend hours and hours asking questions and then deciding not to have a comedian or the gigs I turned down. You know, you don't get paid for those. Right. So it's the charities and the volunteers that they think they're experts on everything. And yeah. 
they're annoyed and they think you're charging them too much. You should be working for free because it's a charity. So those are the hardest. So they try, when you're dealing with a professional, especially. So they literally try to nickel, like not almost nickel and dime yeah. you down because they're there for free and, and you're there to. Oh, I had do a house of worship a few. I had a house of worship a few years ago. He's like, "This is all we can afford. We're a small congregation. We don't have right. a lot of money." Right. And then he started, and he's like, "You have no idea the expenses we have to put on this event. You have no idea how much it costs to rent tablecloths." <laughs> And I really wanted to say, you know what? Go screw yourself. Yeah. Nobody is going to go to your event and say, the comedian was funny, but those tablecloths, my God, such luxury. And, and, as he pulls up in his Mercedes. Yeah, that I don't remember. <laughs> but you know what? He's entitled to drive a Mercedes. That's true. Paid That's for true. out of his earnings. But don't tell me that I'm the sole focus of the event, essentially. People are, you're serving a meal. People aren't going there for the crappy steam table food you're serving them. They're not gonna, unless they get food poisoning, they're not gonna remember the food. The comedian is what they're gonna be talking about. They're coming for a comedy show. Right. So, you know, and they'll say, well, you should be doing it for free because all you have to do is get up there and talk. And I'm like, and this happens all the time. You know, why don't you do it for free? It's a charity. And I'm like, you're serving food? Yes. Is the chef getting paid? Of course. Are the servers getting paid? Yes. Did the farmer get paid? Yes. The guy who's going to mop the floor afterwards getting paid? Yes. The electricity, the electric company's getting paid? Yes. So, but I'm the reason people are coming and I'm the one who's supposed to work. Brilliant. That is such a, yeah, a brilliant way to put it. It's like the, it's basically marketing. You sit down and you're like, what can, or risk management, what can go wrong? I got to be, be prepared in advance yeah. so that when they have an objection, I have an overcoming all the objections. Wow. Yeah. Brilliant. Nicely done. I actually, Nicely done, sir. because of that, because of that outdoor show thing, I actually have a piece of paper. I have a piece of paper. I have a document, a PDF on my computer. Yeah, no, well, no. I guess no. it could it's be. A, it's a piece of paper. It's a piece of paper. Yeah, I have a, P, I have a PDF. <laughs> <laughs> I P O P on my computer, a piece of paper on my computer that literally says that's a sticky why note. Your show that's a sticky note. Yeah, <laughs> it says. I wish I had it with me. I'd print it if I wanted to turn on my printer and print it. I'd show it to you. It says why your comedy show should not be outdoors, and it lists all the reasons why you shouldn't leave the show outdoors. And after I did that, I told a colleague, and he's like. Of course, the number one reason, I'm like, what's that? It's like, mosquitoes. I'm like, oh, I didn't even think of that one. That's a good one. <laughs> that is a good one. Malaria. Yeah. <laughs> malaria. Mosquitoes. <laughs> malaria. Well, you know, I performed in South Africa. I had to take malaria. Pills. Yeah. Oh. You probably had to walk around in like one of those nets. I Well, in the big cities, there's no problem with malaria, but I went on a safari while I was there. And yeah, I slept in a bed with mosquito then. Yeah, oh. that's like the way of life. Yeah, crazy. My my, my curiosity with, with our interview here, it, I'm very curious as to, you had made mention, you know, college, and it, you were boating in college. It looks like that's yeah. rowboat, right? And then you moved into the corporate gig, which essentially was banking, and then to comedy. Like, you did say that you were writing jokes you know, for quite a period yeah. of time, even before actually taking the class. So what, I guess where my question is going is, it's like, 
where the transition Why? Came from. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I guess. It, cause there's well, as a kid, I, as a kid, I always, if I thought of something funny, I wrote it down. Okay. And just had a That's big good. box with stuff in it. Never did anything with it. And then when Jay Leno took over the Tonight Show from Johnny Carson, I'd be reading the newspaper on the train in the morning on the way to work, and I'd read the newspaper and I think of something funny when I saw the headline, and then I turn on the TV that night and Jay Leno was basically telling the same joke. So I pitched my background. I said I'm a freelance writer, which is technically true of everybody. You know, I write yeah. and I write jokes, and I'm writing the same kind of jokes he's using in the monologue. And I spoke to somebody there for a while, and they sent me some forms to fill out. And I started sending jokes in and getting jokes on the Tonight Show. So I'd been writing jokes for Jay Leno for close to a decade before I started performing. Wow! So I knew I was writing good jokes. Yeah. I mean, right. his stuff is his stuff is not stories. You know, Tonight Show monologue is like three, maybe it's, a, to, it's topical. The longest, yeah, well, topical and the longest would be three sentences. Mm. So it wouldn't be, a, and then you move on to the next. So it wasn't quite the same as what I would do in stand up comedy on stage, but at least I knew how to write. Yeah, that's awesome. So yeah, I was pretty happy with it. Anyways, I would say for Jay Leno, that's awesome. For Jay Leno, <laughs> one of the kings of, of late night. Yeah. I, you made it. You sound or the way you described it was pretty simplistic. But it, you said that you you were ended up talking to somebody. You had to fill out some forms. Like it, it, so, essentially, was this a paid gig once you started submitting the jokes? Yeah. And then, like it was freelance. It was freelance. So I only got paid when they used the joke. When they used the joke. And how does that work? Like to, to give you an idea, how long ago this was? I faxed in jokes. <laughs> and for everybody under thirty, a fax machine like a scanner you hooked up to your telephone and it sent it to the other guy's wow. fax machine which was like a printer okay that's that made me feel old when you said it that way because I'm obviously over 30 but like when you have to explain it that way it, it makes sense you know I had to yell at somebody a couple of, couple of days ago there's a problem with my, my bank got one of my 1099s wrong and I'm like could you just give me an email address so I can send the info in because I know I spoke to you on the phone, but I want something in writing. And they're like, oh no, we don't, you can't email our, our company. You have to fax it to us. And I said, the only problem I have with that is that it's not 1994 anymore. <laughs> like, what do you mean fax it fax to you? Fax it? That is, wow. Time to change banks. I know, right? Yeah. And that's funny because when, you know, you're dealing with a bank, and they're like, fax it, you know, fax it over to us. Well, they're they're working off of an e-fax most cases, so they're That's not even true. getting paper on the other end. It's converted to uh, a POP or a PDF. Yep. Yeah. I didn't feel like you know signing up for an e-fax system just to send it to them, so I gave them enough crap that finally they said, okay, there's a way you can upload a document. And it's going to say financial statement, but just write us a letter and upload the letter. Wow. So that's what I did. <laughs> wow. Yeah, sometimes, you know, they, they don't get with the time sometimes. Like, just like banking centers, some you know, those are unfortunately dying, it seems. Right? Like, it, it's almost, but you do still have a need to go there for some things. Like, sometimes you need to take money out that they won't let you take out of the machine and stuff like that. So How much it, money are you taking out then? What, what kind of yeah. drugs are you buying that like a thousand bucks isn't enough? It, well, we're not, we're, yeah, we're, <laughs> that's a very good question. That's a funny. It's well. It's a, we are near. Time, the times are tough. Times are tough. Well, 
I have to say, I sometimes get paid in cash because yeah. the clubs take it. I, maybe it's musicians like getting paid in cash. I'm, I'm perfectly happy getting paid by check, but there's a couple of places I work where they just hand me a lot of cash. And well, I just, then I got to go to the bank to deposit, you know, I don't pay cash for anything. So, you know, maybe yeah. I'll save a hundred bucks and put the rest in the bank. So occasionally, right. and I'll put checks in an ATM. I'm not that much of a Luddite, but I'm not that fond oh. of putting cash into an ATM. You so don't that, do that. Right. You don't do the picture. You don't do the picture mobile banking. You can't. Okay. I, yeah, I can do that too. But oh, yeah. you can't do that with cash. No, they're no, not like, yeah, take a not. picture of a 20, <laughs> take a picture of the 20 and then send us a video of you burning the 20. Oh, I can't. <laughs> I can't wait till they do that. I cannot wait. <laughs> I have so much money in there. Right. I'm trying to think of the... I think the last time I spoke to a teller was probably... There was something I had to speak to a teller about like a year and a half ago. Well, the, yeah, the reason why I bring that up, I had to go there recently to take out more than my ATM would allow me to. So that's why, like, that's why I mean, like, they're they're, they're really pointless. Yeah, for the hat, right? Yeah, for, the, for, the, hat. for the, yeah, for the drugs. Yeah, that's why. Oh, the hat you're wearing. Oh, yeah, that too. Yeah. Exactly. With all the money that the Cardinals are spending, yeah, I could see you know spending. Yeah, I had to buy some. I had to buy some new players. Are you into sports at all, Sean? Not tremendously. I, I think it, it brings an end to the conversation. The sports. sports? <laughs> oh, okay. What's wrong with you? <laughs> no, no. There's nothing. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I don't really. I've stopped watching much of football recently. Like, I, it, it's. We used to do fantasy football every year, but we, don't, we, don't, we didn't do it last year because we knew it was going to be, we knew what it was going to be like, so we didn't do it. But it's been not much of something we've been watching, at least for myself. Well, you know, it's like people say you're a sports fan. Sometimes people ask me if I fish. <laughs> I say I don't fish because I don't need an excuse to get drunk in a boat. Like, I can, I can nice. drink in a boat without a fishing rod. So, so true. I can, I, I can get drunk with my friends yelling at the TV without people crashing into each other, you know, for so $10 true. million. Dollars. I get it. I get it. Hey, watch comedy and get drunk, right? Yes. Yeah. Go to the comedy was show. Was it Jerry Seinfeld who said that basically because the teams keep moving and they keep trading players, you really just, the only constant is the uniform. So you're basically rooting for a uniform. Yeah. And you're wearing a hat, which kind of proof. Yeah, that is true. I, I, there's a UFC fighter who used to say that I don't I don't follow laundry, like I don't vote for like I don't. Chael Sutton is a UFC fighter. You know, I don't think he fights anymore, but he used to say like I don't UFC like football is the most stupidest sport ever because all you're doing is you're all you're doing is rooting for laundry on the field because it's going to change and it's not going to be the yeah. same person anymore and that's all it really is. So I was like, wow. When I heard that, I was like, that makes sense. I'm one. Like so it's a big fan of naked sports. <laughs> yeah, take the clothes off. Yeah, I guess maybe. A good example. Well, I guess that would be the New England Patriots. That they're oh, now yeah. pay Buccaneers essentially. Yeah, that is true. All right, or I would say that if you're talking about you're rooting for laundry, if it's a UFC fighter, if you're a UFC fan, you're basically rooting for tattoos. Yeah. It's just a, the fighters, just a set of tattoos. Yeah, that is true. UFC, same thing. Yeah. Have you ever that seen a UFC true. fighter who's not covered in tattoos? Is there? 
Yeah, they're really not. Unless they, they're new up-and-comers. Yeah. By the time they're, like, making money, yeah. they're full of them. They haven't got that yeah. UFC money yet. Yeah, because, like, I, I think of Conor McGregor, right? The, one of the biggest, bigger ones, right? When I first saw him coming up, he, he didn't really have much because he was poor guy from Ireland. And then he started kicking butt, and then he started getting all these tattoos, and that's what he was doing. It's almost like they... They do that to, it's going to get deep, but maybe they do that to like feel something. <laughs> you know what I mean? Get the tattoos, know. or there's something to it, you know, or maybe they have the money, you know. I know it's a different sport, but Mike Tyson has a face tattoo. That's kind of that is pushing. true. Which, but nobody's going to say anything to him. It's also his crime fighting companion. <laughs> if you haven't seen the I think, I think somebody's going to say, oh, I heard your friend died. What were his last words? Mr. Tyson, your face tattoo is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> That's the end of it. Yeah. <laughs> Have you heard that he's going to fight again? Oh, again? Yeah. Evander Holyfield, I think? Yeah. Uh-oh. It's like, what, are they fighting over a social security check? What's going on? Right? Exactly. Evander better have fucking earmuffs. Headphones on. <laughs> <laughs> Block those ears. But, I mean, you made mention earlier that, you know, we're deprived for entertainment. It seems like we're also really deprived for nostalgia. Like, it, it we keep bringing, the, mm-hmm. like, people under 30 are not providing enough value to keep, you know, everyone entertained that we have to continually go back and pull things from the past. Yeah. Well, stand-up comedy on TV now is, a colleague of mine, Josh Homer, said... When I was 25, I wanted to get on television. They said, oh, you got to get 10 more years experience before we can put you on our TV show. Wow. And he came back at 30. He came back 10 years later. They're like, well, now we're looking for 25-year-olds. <laughs> and, and that's pretty much it. The people getting on wow. TV now are much younger. But if you think about what a ticket, but that's television. That's, you know, the advertisers want the young demographics. But yep. if you think about how much a ticket to see a fight costs, even on pay-per-view, it's expensive. The only people yeah. who can afford that are people who remember Mike Tyson and Evander. Yeah, very true. It was a sad purchase when I bought that last fight. I mean, I didn't buy it on my own. It was like I put money into the pot to buy it, but that was a sad. Was purchase. that like the 90-second fight? Yeah, it was. It wasn't. Well, no, I think it went the whole way. But when they got to the end, they said it was a draw. So I was like, exactly. Nobody won. Keep fighting. Yeah. So overtime. Exactly. So one guy falls asleep. What's the difference? It it was bad. It was not worth it. So never heard of a draw. And and then what I heard too before, like before we started watching it, they were saying that it was going to be a, it was planned to be a draw. So I'm like, what? Then what are we doing here? Like, why are we even buying this? Because I was at like a charity, though. No, I don't think it was. I don't oh. think it was. Doesn't I mean, matter. He paid. There was o- there was other fights that were there which weren't anything that I even wanted to see. Like there was the 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 Nate Robinson and the the YouTuber guy that was there. They had the fight, and there was something else, another fight. But it was like none of those were even. I want to see the Mike Tyson fight. So I thought there would be an actual. A Mike Tyson fight, like a real one. And it was... They just went... They kept jabbing each other. I mean, they were going at each other, and they were... But it was 
a waste of time. I think if, if here's what they should do. If after 12 or 15 rounds, there's no winner, they can fight, like, instead of a three-minute three round, they can fight a 10-minute round. And if there's still no winner, then they take, they tie, each guy gets one arm tied behind their back. Ooh, yeah. I like and that. I like that for 10 minutes. And if there's still no winner, they tie both arms behind their back and they got to headbutt each other until one guy's knocked out. Well, I like I'm, where this is going. I want to... Where's where's the sign up for that paper you fight? Because I will will buy it. Yeah, I think that <laughs> makes perfect sense. Yeah, yeah. I I would watch that. If- oh, and if that doesn't work, then their spouses fight. Oh my god. <laughs> okay, what if they have girlfriends? Spouse, girlfriend, whatever. Okay, okay, but multiple girlfriends? Is it like a two-on-one? Yeah, gotta be, no, he's, he's got to be one. Side. You have to pick the oh, best wait, one? That wouldn't be fair, though. That wouldn't be fair if like one guy's married and one guy's left girlfriend. So, yeah, the girlfriend... So, all right, listen. Listen, I... I, I, love, I, love, I know, I love the logis- logistics here. Let's okay. do it. Here's, here, okay, so <laughs> if one is married, obviously one spouse, that's the spouse. Right. If the opponent has multiple girlfriends... Which you know that's probably possible. Is, Right. Whichever girlfriend is closest in age to the spouse, mm. make it fair. You oh. are good. You are good at the numbers. I like it. I yeah. like it. What, is, what, if they are, what if there are, say, the rarity that there's one that's born on the Twins. same day, same year? Twin. Yeah, exactly. Twins. Twins. Oh wow, that's a, that's a t- lucky gentleman. Then you, then you toss a coin. <laughs> that's a coin. <laughs> Wow, I want to. We should we should make this league happen, or this fighting right. world happen. Oh, that's when they put us in charge of we it. We should do it. Yeah, I think we have. A, I think we have a good case. Yeah, million dollar idea right here, guys. Yeah, yeah. Old, well, you know old, what? Old, old fighters challenges that takes place into this for sure. Be but nice. you know what'll happen if the purse is big enough? The boxer is going to be like. I'm temporarily divorcing my wife and oh, dating like Ronda Rousey or somebody. Yeah, somebody who can fight. Yeah, I'm dating this chick. So, what yeah. kind of rule would we have to put into place to, to prevent something? Well, like there's, that? there's there's legalities there. You have the separation agreement, right? You have to have you have to be in place yeah. before. <laughs> we know You're all right, the angles, so guys. Got... We know all the angles. Us in the financial world, we know how to fuck right. make things happen. So, so what we're gonna have to do is it's gonna have to be somebody they've been dating for at least three months. Yes, yeah. rules like that. You can't just I like switch it. And if they're not dating anybody, then do they have a sister? Oh, kin, kin, a kinlaw. Another another, another subtext of our of our agreement. All right. And if that doesn't work, I don't know what comes after that. Cousin. Cousin. <laughs> Again, first cousin closest in age. Yeah. Because otherwise, you may have a lot of cousins. Yeah. Right, right. Especially someone, you know, like Mike Tyson or Vander Holyfield. I'm sure they do. Yes. All right. Well, let's start to wind it down. I have the trash talk can here. We have just a couple questions in here. If it's who would I rather fight, Vander Holyfield or Mike Tyson? Oh, that's um, that's next week's show. I wish I wish I would have put that one in there before. So I just asked Sean what his last Google search was. He doesn't use Google anymore. He uses DuckDuckGo. Oh, that is a good one. I yes, I, I that one is better. I see. But I don't know whether the searches every once in a while I use Google because DuckDuckGo doesn't give me the results I'm looking for. But I just got tired of Google just knowing everything about me and not paying. Me. Agreed. Agreed. Right. 
especially because I have an Android phone and I have a Gmail account, so they have a lot of it. And Google Maps, so they know a lot about it. I was, I was going to say that. Are you an Apple user? Because every time now, because I, I got the newer Apple updated phone or updated whatever software, right? And now every time I go to something, it says allow once. Like anything you do is like allow once, allow always, or some whatever the other option is. But it's like they know like they're now trying to crack down on all that crap people are getting mad about. Well, that's... Yeah, I guess. And it's, I don't, I have an Android. I don't have an Apple phone because if, let me put it this way. If I had a nickel for everybody who said to me over the course of the year, excuse me, do you have an iPhone charger? I would have enough money to pay for an iPhone. (laughs) Because my my Android phone, you know, it lasts, it lasts a day and a half of phone charger. Oh no. Yeah. Apple gets you the other way. Like you're saying, basically, because like we're, so we're, we're now doing the remote thing. Right. And I have a new we have a mixer for me and mark has a mixer and my my laptop doesn't have the converter i can't plug a usb into my macbook i I have to have a converter from the usb to the macbook just because you know they they need some more money so what do you do for a thumb drive you want to plug in a thumb drive i i I pray that something happens i don't know (laughs) i haven't haven't got that far yet Yes, the get a Google Drive, so Google yeah, more yeah. yeah so Go- so Google gets the, get the, yeah Google gets the information, and then I can't plug anything in, and yeah, it's it's all someone you know paying somebody to to make something happen. This is why I was obsessed with the paper earlier. Oh yeah, that's no, that's you. You your sticky notes on your computer is is the way of life. Is how it should be. Well, I, I have thumb drives in my car because I listen to podcasts when I drive back in the days when I was driving a lot. And so I put it all on a thumb drive. So I'm, I'm constantly dealing with thumb drives. That's awesome. Now, I could put it on my phone and plug my phone in, but I don't bother plugging my phone in when I get into the car. So right. Just one less thing I have to deal with. There you go. Well, uh, so what was, the, what was the trash talk? Sorry. Or did you guys do it already? It doesn't matter. I probably didn't do a good job. Yeah, we did not. I, didn't, I don't think I answered either question. Yes, the dumbest, the worst thing I ever did when drunk. Yes. I don't remember. Smart. I actually, smart. I said, I deleted I deleted Scott from the uh, podcast. That's what I did. Nice to see that. And then the question is, what was my last Google search? Do you remember your last Google search? Mine's all crypto based. So yeah. I can't, um, we're, we're, me and Scott are diving into the crypto world, and and uh, I'm learning. We're, we're, how to we're, do. Yeah, we're we're I'm gonna, we're trying to be miners. I'm gonna, which again, I'm, is there a way on Google to see what your last search was? Just look, look at your history. <laughs> oh, okay, hold on, history. Look, so tell us the third one down because the first two are probably bad. Oh, yeah, but it's not giving my Google search history. I just went to my browser history. How do I find my Google search history? Oh, uh, I don't know. I guess maybe go to... Uh, be able to click on the I was going to say go to I was gonna say go to Google, but you, you don't have that. Maybe, okay. Gonna, oh, you know what? I'm on Google. Hold on. How? I'm going to I'm gonna ask Google how to find Google search history. <laughs> so if you, find Google if you search click, history, go to Google account. If you click oh. the, the search box, a drop-down will come up of your last searches. I can tell you on my I can tell you on my phone. It's not, it's not, it's not doing that. But it's saying, 
Google data personalization activity, but I, it may get deleted. So account that and personalization. Yeah, mine mine was crypto stuff or or a UPS tracking of a package, which was again UPS related or crypto crypto mining related. And then what was yeah, the, what, what was the it. what was the other question? Uh, what was the last thing you, uh, or what was the most embarrassing thing you did drunk? Oh, all right, I'll say it, guys. I'll say I'll say it. I'll say it. I had a, a drunken episode one time where I got up in the middle of the night and thought the corner of my room was the bathroom. I don't think that's uncommon. No, it's not. It's not. But my wife thought it was uncommon, <laughs> so that was a great a great time. I'll, I'll take another question if you want to continue to try to embarrass me. Ooh. I'm not trying to have these questions. I just don't remember. Let's see what we got. That means that means Sean, you actually did that as well. <laughs> no, no, I've never. I've never pissed in the corner of your bed. Uh, oh, nicely done. You, you know nicely that done playing that angle. Nicely right. done. That your wife got upset about. <laughs> you went okay. So hold on. You came into my room peed the corner and my wife yelled at me for it. Nicely done. You no, no, I mean you peed in the wrong corner. <laughs> oh, oh, but yeah. And it'd be in my corner. That makes sense. Right. Very good one. Uh pick one. You have to pick one. Forget someone's name or make small talk to kill an awkward silence. What? So the, I don't understand the these question. are basically awkward situations. So which one would you have to pick as far as would you pick a forget like you meet someone and you don't remember their name. You have to be like, hey, buddy. I hate that. Yeah, me too. And then there was the other one. What was the other one was basically I make small talk to kill the awkward oh, times. Yes. I'd rather make the small talk. I'll find something to talk about. Yeah. Much more embarrassing. And, Much more embarrassing. And hey, buddy. Yeah, I don't do that yeah. to make what do you, it up. What do you do on your on your uh, trying to figure out their name? I only go to places where people wear names. Ah, oh, uh, smart. Corporate nice event. event. Corporate event. Yeah. <laughs> or just, a full you know, circle. sorry, I forgot your name. Oh. I'm Sean. I'm Sean. I'm Sean. That, that is brilliant. Maybe I should do that. Be more upfront with it. Oh, I don't remember your name. Listen. And you know, you shouldn't be embarrassed about that because everybody does that. Sean, you're right. Dang it. <laughs> I feel All bad right. though. Like, I feel like I should remember people's names. Right? Well, try to remind yourself. So when you meet somebody, just say, you know, there's all sorts of standard advice. Mole, try mole to... in the face. Your, your mole face. Melinda. Like yeah, <laughs> or I was gonna say there's a mark on Mark's face, and Scott reminds me of toilet paper. Either way, Either way, remember your name. Brilliant. Well, every I time he it. thinks John thinks of P, now he's gonna think of Scott. Oh yeah, you might. Yeah, I'm not gonna. Well, there's a problem with that because my brother's name is Scott. Oh, so you automatically don't like him. <laughs> and, and later today, I'm gonna go to his house and be there. Nice, <laughs> but not in their bedroom. Yeah. Not in their yeah. bedroom. That's not your corner. <laughs> You rub, you rub Scott, okay. you rub Scott's face in it. No, Scott, that's not your corner. <laughs> Does that work? I don't. With I don't know. I've never done it. I've never done that. It probably works better with feet. Exactly. So try that later. Let us know how that goes. I have a toddler. I'll try it tonight. <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice. 
think Germans would think it is a good thing. <laughs> Some kind of kink they, for that. They, 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 oh, you want, they had a lot of... You want me to... Sorry, go ahead. You want me to poop in the corner? Okay, I'll keep doing it. <laughs> uh, nice. Do you have uh, anything coming up or anything that you would like to promote? Anything <laughs> coming nice. up? <laughs> yes, yes. I'm headlining every single place tomorrow. Nice. Mark with the from the living room. Mark with the score. Have <laughs> <laughs> anything coming up? I'm having dinner at my brother's house tonight. Um, and you're gonna let me look at my. And you're gonna. I have a Google wait. calendar. Yeah, I'm gonna go to my Google calendar now. So dinner at Scott's tonight. Tomorrow, no. I'm gonna cut my own hair on Monday. Um, <laughs> What do, Let's what do you use? Is it a suck cut? What? No, no. It's just a regular... The same thing barbers okay, do. Okay, okay. Here's the embarrassing thing. I've never admitted this to you in public before, but the beginning of the pandemic, my hair was getting long. It didn't look good. And we doing, I had... I did this a lot? No, it wasn't that bad. It wasn't that long. No? It just didn't look... Yeah, it wasn't that long. It just didn't look good. And when my parents died, I discovered they had you know, the Braun electric clippers. And I just stuffed them in the basement, figuring I'm not throwing them out. Maybe I'll need them right. if there's a pandemic in five years. <laughs> and I said, I'm just going to try shortening my hair a little bit. Right. And I put the, the, the widest guy, the number eight, which is, you know, an inch. Yeah. And I started trying to trim a little bit. And then I'm like, there's no way I can do this evening. evenly. Screw it. I'm just going to do my whole head. And I cut my hair like just an inch all around. I just kept going back and forth and around. So all of my hair was was an inch long. And I'm like, okay, it's going to look stupid, but eventually I'll be able to get a real haircut. And I went and I looked in the mirror and I'm like, this is one of the better haircuts I've had. Why am I paying somebody 20 bucks to spend 20 minutes with scissors when I can do this in two minutes in the back? Yes, exactly. Cut out the middleman. I have yeah. a conversation with myself every time I go to the barber. <laughs> well, I had a friend who cut his hair and he used one of those clothing things. Yeah. And he said, it's great. It saves. Well, he's also phenomenally cheap, but he's like, it saves, you know, $20 and you don't have to go to the barber. And I'm like, you cut your own hair. That's stupid as hell. And now, and now, you're, and now you're on board. Now you're on board. Yeah. That's awesome. So you can't tell with the headphones on. My hair no, nice. Looks nice. Look looks nice. Good. Nice. Look, this is the best. You know what? You know what? what? It looks pandemic nice. I like it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pandemic nice. It's the best I can do with the exactly. hair. Exactly. I, I like it. Well, you did mention that you were booking shows and things like that, or, or starting to uh, entertain the idea. Do you have any <laughs> shows coming out in the next couple months? I, and I'm I have nothing. I have no public. I have Zoom shows for some private organizations. I have no public shows and no in-person shows, at least for the next couple of months. But I will probably be back at the Fairfield Theater in Connecticut, the Emlyn Theater in New York, Sharon Playhouse in Connecticut and some other places, Black Rock Center in Maryland. Once things open up, I will probably be at Sellersville Theater in Pennsylvania once things open up again, but right now I've got nothing. And we can always find you at uh, brainchampagne.com. Brainchampagne.com, yep. Yes. Awesome. It says it right, right yep. there. Yep, boom. <laughs> there we go. Yep. Right you got it. I have a lot of jokes and videos on my website. All yes, I saw those. That, those are very funny. A lot of the, a lot of the Jay Leno stuff too. I thought I saw in there too. 
But yeah, there's a page there called Expired Comedy. I took all the jokes I've been writing for, you know, two decades for late night TV that they didn't buy. And I just said, you know, some of these are dated, but what the hell else am I going to do with the ones I didn't sell? Yeah. So there's 50,000 words worth of jokes. Oh my God. That's a lot of jokes. Wow. You know what we need to do, Mark? We need to take one, one a week and do it. <laughs> Try to pitch it. Just, just do one. No, 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 not the pitch. Oh. It. Just do it on our show. One a week. One of Sean's joke. This was uh, 1994. All right, you gotta, you gotta give me a dollar. Oh right? yeah, we'll send you a dollar. Uh, yeah. Just sure. send us your ride. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Leno paid a lot more than a dollar, but I'll let you guys. Have oh, Sean, they're old and moldy. <laughs> Oldie moldies. We'll take them. If you get me book at book at the Tempe Improv, you can have. Yes. Oh, there we go. Again, we, yeah, we'll hit. We actually are. We, we know somebody that works there, so yeah. Is he the booker? Uh, we'll, we'll say yes. He is good. He's, he's, good <laughs> he's, he's good friends with the actual booker, but is he the dentist at the comedy club? What does he do there? He he's a fluffer. He's a fluffer at the comedy club, so I don't yeah. know what that means. I mean, he does a little bit of everything. From yeah, he's done, he's on like security and door stuff, and he just he's a presence there, and he's been there for a while up until things took a, a tumble. But yeah, we're actually coordinating a live show with him in mid-April at a different venue that essentially he runs. Uh, yeah, like he, he hosts and does all this other stuff. So yeah, we I can definitely pass your name over to him to let him know. All right, that'd be great. Definitely. This has been the Amigos PC. Make sure to like, subscribe, and review us on all your podcasting platforms. Visit us at AmigosPC.net for our entire library of content and Amigos merch. Till next time, adios.